following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. I'm uh, really struck this morning by the richness of what happens when we come together. Um, you know, it's just sort of the reality of, of my work that I, I approach Sundays in a very specific, targeted way. It's mostly to prepare the next half hour that we're going to spend together. That's what I spend a lot of my time thinking about, just kind of the nature of my job. Um, and very often I come into this place and I, I spend time with you and I see you and we pass the peace of Christ to one another. And, um, you know, uh, some days, as was certainly the case today, the music just speaks to me in a, a way that I ha- had not expected at all. Uh, and the, what a beautiful prayer that Autumn led us in. Um, I, just, I, I guess I just want to say I'm so grateful to all of you for the community that you have built um, here at Artisan. And uh, I, want, I want you always to know that, um, that I'm a participant in that community just as much as any of you, um, even given the role that I have here. Um, I am so, uh, so blessed and... Um, moved by everything else that happens here, that much of which I have little to nothing to, to do with. So um, I, don't know, I just felt like it's important to say today. Um, <clears throat> a couple of quick programming notes before we get into our topic. Um, two fairly significant things coming up next weekend. On Saturday, we are holding our Journey Together membership workshop. And that will be right here in this room. It takes place from 9 a.m. till 2 p.m. with lunch provided in the middle. Uh, if you've been here at Artisan for a while, um, or maybe you've been here three times or one time, and you're just like, this is the place for me, I want to know more, um, you should definitely come to this course. It's free. There's no obligation to become a member at the end of this course, though if you do wish to be a member at Artisan Church, you have to have taken this course. Um, something we wrote in-house years ago, and it has worked really well for, for lots of us over the years. It gives you a sense of uh, where Artisan's place is historically and theologically and missionally and um, lots of other adverbs. So uh, if you are interested in learning more about Artisan, or if you know you want to become a member, please don't miss this course. We, uh, every year I say I'd love to offer it a second time, and then it just usually doesn't happen more than once a year. So um, there's some sign-up sheets that... Uh, uh, oh, heck, I'll send them around now because there's going to be other stuff happening later. And I don't mind if you write on something while I'm talking. Uh, so maybe across two rows this direction and then back. Same thing over here, across two rows and then back. And there's pens around somewhere and you can write on a, a book or something. <laughs> uh, that's how well prepared I was for that moment. Um, <clears throat> so that's Saturday, 9 to 2 with lunch provided. And then next Sunday is one of the like, biggest events I think we've ever done at Artisan. We are going to go, our whole church is going to go down the street to Baber African Methodist Episcopal Church for worship with them uh, in their Martin Luther King Jr. Day celebration. This is a predominantly African American congregation. Um, we are not, uh, as you can see, um, and uh, we want to be together. We want to forge relationships uh, across those, those lines. Um, and they graciously invited us to come. Uh, and uh, so if you are wondering where this is, I'll throw up a quick map for you. Um, 
if you were leaving this parking lot, you'd just turn left, you'd go about a mile, and you'd turn right on Meg's. It's like two or three minutes to get there. Very, very, very easy. Um, now, you, you'll, of course, use your phone or whatever to get there on Sunday. But if you forget and come here, we'll have people here to help you know where to go. You can use your truck if you want to drive your truck. I'm going to go on my phone, but that's, you know, it's just me. Um, so uh, this is next week. Do not forget this. And please, please, can we arrive on time? <laughs> now listen. Listen, we have a soft start here at Artisan, right? But they do not, all right? Yeah, they start at 9.30, wink, wink. <laughs> um, I, I do not want a bunch of artisan people walking in 20 minutes late. Um, now, if you're 20 minutes late, still go, of course, but let's just get there a little earlier than we get here. Can we do that just one time, please? Please, I'm begging you. What's that? And the kids are welcome to come, yes. We have stuff in mind for them. They'll be in the service with you. They, they don't, you don't, if you're worried about taking your kids to a strange church and putting them in a nursery with people you've never met, you don't have to do that. They can stay with you there. They don't have a nursery. So if you wanted to do that, too bad. Um, <laughs> all right. So, and the kids are going to sing. And like, well, lots of people want to know about this. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh, there's a big parking lot behind the building there. It's, um, pastor informed me that there's plenty of space there. And there is some on-street parking if you get there late. Um, I'm, I'm sure you'll have no, no trouble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, make a new friend, absolutely. And we're going to have lunch afterwards. They're providing lunch for us. They have a, now we do potlucks. They have a culinary ministry, <laughs> right? They're a bigger church than we are. Maybe someday we'll have a culinary ministry, but they're going to serve lunch, and we're going we're to serve lunch too. We're going to sit, um, make new friends. It's going to be an awesome, awesome, awesome day, so please don't miss it, and please, please do try to get there on time if you possibly can, all right? Yeah, don't miss lunch. We told them 80 to 100 extra lunches. So if, if you bail on lunch, we're going to be embarrassed. <laughs> and well fed. But, yeah. <clears throat> All right. So that is next week. Please don't miss it. I'm really excited about this. Um, one of the coolest things we've ever done as a church. So um, every once in a while I make a plan about what I want to talk about and then something happens and I... I don't quite expect it to happen that way and uh, change course, and today is, today is one of those days. We ostensibly, we're supposed to be talking about um, relationships at home. Uh, the website and the bulletins still say that our topic today is relationships at home, um, so that would be parents and children and neighbors and roommates and spouses, anybody who lives near your home. Um, but we're not going to talk about that after all. <laughs> Um, instead, what I want to do is continue on with what we talked about last week, which was uh, kind of an introductory message uh, called Cleaning House, as we sort of play on words with this Faith at Home series, and I, I want to I do part two of that today. So if you weren't here last week, I'll catch you up really quickly. The basis of last week's sermon was uh, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, one of the most important passages in the Old Testament. I'm not going to reread this, but I will summarize for you. Um, Moses had led the people to the cusp of the promised land, and he wasn't going to be able to go in because he had disobeyed God in some pretty significant ways. And so he was sending them into the promised land at long last, after 40 years of wandering, with this long sermon. Basically, the entire book of Deuteronomy is the second giving of the law. That's what Deutero 
Deutero second and Namos's law. So it's sort of like the second giving of the, the law. Um, and in the Jewish faith, the law doesn't just refer to the, the laws, it refers to the whole kind of thing, the whole first few books of the Bible, the whole story of God. So he gives him this long sermon, but right in the, right in the very beginning, not too far into it, he, he says these really important words, which are some of the holiest words in the Jewish religion to this day. Uh, Shema Yisrael, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. This is the central theological understanding of Judaism and, um, for that matter, Islam and Christianity as well. Uh, the Lord is one. And then he says, keep these words in your heart. These things that I'm going to tell you today, these things that I'm reminding you about that God has done in your midst, keep these words in your heart. And then he goes on to, to list the, some specific things that will help people keep the words in their heart. And what we did last week was we broke that into four little sections and thought about how they might apply to us as Christians today. How do we keep the words of faith in our own heart? Right? And, and what I ask you to do is just to think about how you're doing in each of those, those four areas. And at the very end, I asked everybody to complete a brief paper survey reporting how you thought you were doing in each of those areas, because I wanted to get a sense of how we as a congregation are doing in uh, each of those areas. And I'm glad I did that, because the results of that survey um, were significant enough that it made me want to change my topic today. That's why we're kind of doing this right now. So let me give you the results of the survey, but first I, I, I want to hasten to say this. Um, the, the questions that came from this particular text in Deuteronomy are just one way of breaking down the concept of living our faith at home, right? Um, they're not a perfect or a complete set of ideas. It's ultimately somewhat arbitrary. Uh, so it's not as though uh, if you gave yourself a poor rating in all four of these areas that, you, like, that you're not doing anything right. I want to recognize that. Um, and obviously, because I know we have a lot of scientifically minded and mathematically minded people in the room, um, I'm more of a humanities person and this survey was more of a humanities person type of survey. Right? So this is very unscientific, um, subjective, and the ratings of good, fair, and poor in each of these four areas are ultimately arbitrary. They mean whatever you wanted them to mean. So this is not, this is not something that's really ultimately quantifiable. <laughs> um, and if you're a scientist, um, this, thing, this whole thing probably made you cringe. So I apologize for that. That being said, I do think that the results that I'm about to share with you um, offer us uh, a generally accurate picture of where we are at as a congregation when it comes to living our faith at home. All right? So this isn't intended to make you feel bad. Can you tell what the results are going to look like? Um, <laughs> let's just say they were fairly clear. <laughs> um, I promise, I really don't want you to, this is not like a guilt thing. I, I don't want you to feel bad, um, no matter what your answers were. I don't want you to feel bad about artisan, no matter what our aggregate answers were. Um, there were a significant number of people who answered poor on all four things, and uh, you know, I honestly am kind of glad in, in some ways that you're here and that we can be together in this. Um, it's probably an indication I can do better at my job. Um, but also, and I promise I'm not blowing smoke about this, I really think I see in the, these results, especially for those of you who put poor times four, 
uh, I see a lot of potential. And that is not, I'm not just saying that. I think like there's, there's so much room for us to grow in faith together. Um, so that's kind of what I want to talk about this morning. So here, all right, at long last are the results. Um, and if you weren't here last week, you can maybe be thinking about your, what your answer would have been to these questions. So the first thing that I asked you to rate yourself on was what Moses said, um, recite these words to your children. And then he also says, talk about them at home. So I ask you to think about if you have kids, how are you doing talking about faith with them? If you don't have kids, how are you doing talking about faith at home at all? Right? So here are the results. Um, remember, I asked you to rate yourself as good, fair, or poor in this area. Now we had uh, 8% of respondents rated themselves as good in this area. And uh, 61% rated as fair. It's a big fat part of the pie there. And 32% rated rated yourselves as poor in this area. So as you look at these charts, I'm going to show you a few of them. Sorry, fellow humanities people. It's going to get mathy here. Um, We're going to think of a traffic light. Green is good. Yellow is maybe step on the gas a little harder. And uh, red is... Hold up, wait, right? Again, not very scientific. All right, so the next one was talk about them when you are away from your home. Well, uh, we had... 1% 1% rate, rate themselves as good in this area, and uh, 48 fair and 58 poor. Okay. Um, this is a big one, a very difficult one for many of us, talking about our faith when we're away, because I, I, many of you are like me, you're, you're kind of an introverted, ultimately private person, and... Uh, um, especially for me, like, because of my work, when I find a group of people who don't know I'm a pastor, I don't want to tell them, like, because the moment I do, things get weird. Um, <laughs> so uh, I get all my swearing out of the way, and I get all that stuff, and then later they find out I'm a pastor, right? and then maybe it's a little bit better. This, a similar thing might be true for you, even if you're not vocationally, like, a professional Christian. Um, you know... <laughs> I understand that if you have a, a, a group of friends, you might want to hold back that information just because of the way you think you'll be received by people. Um, so I understand this is a difficult one, but there's, there's two things that we're doing coming up that I think will help. One is a, a companion series to this series, Faith at Home, and that series is called Faith at Work. We spend a lot of time at work, don't we? So this is like, if we can figure out how to live as Christians at work, that's a huge part of, of, the, of the picture. And then uh, a little bit later on, I think it happens after, after Easter, we are going to do a series where we try to reimagine and reclaim the concept of evangelism, of sharing our faith. Okay, so those things are coming up. Um, so, so hopefully those will help with, with this idea of talking about faith when you are away. All right, so the third one was talk about them when you lie down and when you rise. And you remember I showed a picture of a person lying in bed with an iPad, right? And I don't know if you're like this, but this is, this is what I do when I go to sleep and when I wake up. I, I don't like, I don't immediately wake up and think about the words of faith. I, I think about Twitter, right? Or, or, you know, I check the news or something like that. First thing when I wake up, last thing when I go to bed. And um, this one, I personally need a huge readjustment on. So in this case, we had 5% of people rate themselves as good. 48% of respondents said fair, and 56% said poor. All right. And then the last one was probably the most, like, kind of figuratively applied. Write the, write the words on your doorposts and on your gates. Right? And I put those in scare quotes because um, 
we are thinking about them figuratively. You know, Moses also said, bind them to your wrists and stick them on your forehead, and I'm not necessarily going to ask you to do that. Uh, so we don't apply that exactly literally, but um, my question to you was, do you have any indication in your house, visually, that someone would see if they walked in there, that you are a person of faith? All right, that was kind of how you could answer this one. Uh, this one, I think, was, yeah, this was our strongest response for good, but it was also our biggest response for poor. It's kind of weird. There was, this was a little more polarizing. So we had 9% good, 38% fair, 61% poor. All right. So, uh, and then what I did was to make it even less mathematically sound and scientific, I did an average of the four things, which is, um, that's mathematically nonsensical to average uh, ideas, but... Um, <laughs> I'm a humanities guy, so I can do it. Whatever, man, right? <laughs> so our, our average was 5% good, 48% fair, and uh, 58% poor. All right, so what I'd like to do is throw, throw all those pie charts up, uh, all four of them in a row. And so with the numbers are gone, so we can, all of us uh, math anxiety people can take a deep breath. Just looking at the colors. What's the color that we would like to see more of? Green. Green. <laughs> What's the color that we see the very least of? green. All right, so <laughs> uh, have I sufficiently demolished any sense of like science or, or yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, wow. I don't deny global warming if that makes you feel any better. <laughs> um, climate change is the preferred phrase actually. Uh, as we all learned on Facebook ad nauseum last week. Um, so we do see a little bit of green. There's a glimmer of green in each one of these, right? And um, I firmly believe that we can and should learn from each other uh, by listening to each other. And so what I want to try is this. I want to have a little bit of a, um, not fireside chat, but maybe drum kit side chat. I'm going to sit down and... What I would like to do is ask a few people to share on each of these topics. Um, so if you answered in the green, what's your secret? Right. If you answered in the yellow, um, what's something that you feel like you're, you've got but you just wish you could do a little better at? And if you answered in the red, um, what challenges are you facing? What, what obstacles do you sense are in your life? What questions do you have or tools would you like to, to know about? to maybe help do a little bit better at that. Um, and uh, for the sake of, of people listening on the podcast, I'll try to repeat what each person says. And so since it's going to get said twice, let's try to keep it fairly brief if you could, because I'd like to have as many people share in the time that we have as possible. So, um, Brenda, are you... Uh mm-hmm. Oh, Brenda did green, 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 green. Wow. I gotta say, you know, you already went against the green by having the top man. That's right. I didn't make the graphics. <laughs> Yeah. 
<laughs> so it's just kind of in your nature to talk about God wherever you are. Yeah. And do you find that annoys people? Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> you don't care. <laughs> mm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go home. <laughs> Brenda gave the sermon today. <laughs> yeah, she's saying she's talking. She talks about God everywhere she goes, and and she feels like God is saying it's it's about Him. It's not about her or her comfort zone or the comfort zone of the people around her. Thank you, Brenda. What a wonderful thing to say. Yeah, go ahead. You're saying you feel like you talk about God a lot, but your son says, no, you don't actually. And when you asked if you'd, if you'd like you to talk about him more, you've got a resounding no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do you have something to think about that, Dallas? So there's, yeah, yeah. I'm hearing two kind of things there. One is you, you, your experience in, in your history of seeing people talk a lot and then their actions don't match their words. And, and so that's the, you know, the great H word in, you know, the scourge of, of, of all religious people, Christians included, is hypocrisy, right? And so you, in an effort not to be hypocritical, it's like maybe I'll just kind of keep my mouth shut and try to focus on, on what I do in my life and my actions, which is a, a great thing. And also, I think a lot of people will resonate with the second part of what you said, which is um, I, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's better to kind of wait until somebody asks me and not to bludgeon them with my faith. Uh, just, you know, you said you're a doctor and it's not appropriate for you to go up and tell somebody what to do with their health. So maybe it's not appropriate for us to go up and tell somebody what to do with their spiritual health. So that's a, that's a very difficult tension to live in. Um, and, uh, you know, I, it's a, a very interesting contrast to what Brenda said. Um, and I, 
you know, I, I don't think you guys would get in a fight over this. I think you'd both kind of understand each other. Um, and so, yeah, that's a, that's a, anybody else kind of feel that way about like, you, you're just like, this is a private personal thing for people and I don't want to like attack them. Yeah, sure. Very interesting point, yes. So somebody might not ask because they might not know what they need. And you talk about how you have um, offered to pray with people when they're in a difficult time and, and how that's been, they've said even years later that that's very, that was a very meaningful thing for them. So getting, getting uh, out of your comfort zone and, and into somebody else's kind of comfortable space a little bit is not necessarily always a bad thing either. That's a, it's a, wonderful, um, a wonderful counterpoint. Thank you. So you see in your parents two different models, one who was a very structured person and got up and prayed and read every morning at five or six in the morning, and one who you know, didn't seem to have any structure, and you just kind of personality, temperament-wise, res- kind of resonate with that second one. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel you there. Some people are very routinized and some people are not, and we have to allow, to some extent, for our own temperaments and personalities to... to, uh, to uh, present themselves in the way we practice our faith. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hate culture wars too. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think I saw somebody here and then there and then there. <laughs> so go ahead, first, Chris. So sometimes being a less talkative person about this kind of thing makes makes it more meaningful when when you do, and people are better able to trust you. Yeah. And the, so if you spend spend time and, and focus energy on building relationships, uh, that can yield fruit later. Certainly, yes. Um, go ahead, Paul, Tony.
Oh, that's so great. Um, uh, I want so, so much to repeat the second part of what you said. I'm probably going to forget the first part. But you, you said one of the reasons we see so much red in these pies is, is that um, it's, even when you want to do this kind of thing, it's very difficult and, and discouraging when you feel like you fail at it and it, you, kind of, you get into a rut. Yeah, even if you're doing it well and right, it's, it's hard work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I sometimes have to remind myself, this is supposed to be hard. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm going to ask Marielle first, and then I'll come back to Paul, and then Mike. And then I actually uh, want to make sure that we get a chance for Chris to share the thing that, that, that you and I talked about before. So go ahead, Marielle. Sure. <laughs> right, right, right. Thank you. Um, so the first thing you said was that there's a, there, one of the reasons that these results may be a little skewed here is because Artisan has some sort of cultural commitments to uh, and understandings about the fact that we are imperfect and that, that uh, you know, the, the image that came to mind when you said that first part is that, that um, pouring into faith is, like, is, is sort of like filling a bucket with a hole in it. You know, you can't, it doesn't, it's no good to just do something once because it's going to empty and you have to, it's constant. You always have to be re, refilling um, because it's the nature of it is that it's permeable, I guess. The, the, the vessel is permeable. <laughs> um, and, and you said, I think rightly, that artisans are kind of maybe aware of that um, more so than other, other Christians might be. And then as far as like uh, living your faith uh, and, you know, kind of building on what Chris said about at work, young professionals have to be concerned with, you know, rules in, the, in their companies and state laws if they're in government agencies and that kind of thing about what you can and can't say, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. And so how do you, how do you try to live into those rules and, and within them um, and still live to the greater rule, which is to, you know, to be people of faith? It's a, it's a great observation. Um, 
So uh, I had Paul and then Mike, and then um, I'll let you be the last one before I, Chris has something that I, w- I want to have him share. So thank you so much. This has been a great discussion. Go ahead, Paul. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So quality versus quantity uh, of, in this case, prayer or talking to God, as you said. Um, talk to God a lot, but maybe what I say doesn't have that much gravity, and what I hear back from God doesn't seem to have that much gravity, and maybe I talk to him more in the times that are difficult and, and don't remember to give thanks at other times. I think a lot of us struggle with that. My small group is talking about that um, the past few weeks, and... Um, yeah, that's, that's a, I think, a big one. Let me just say this about that. Our friend uh, Jason, who is one of the co-founders of Artisan Church, has moved on to other things now, is very fond of saying that quality time is a myth, that the only thing you can control is quantity time. When you're building a relationship with somebody, this idea that you can make the time more useful than, it's like bogus, don't even bother trying, just spend more time. So, you know, um, I was thinking a lot this week about Brother Lawrence, um, you know, a Reformation-era monk who was a dishwasher and a cobbler in the monastery and yet was one of the most respected people. He was not educated or anything, but he just practiced the presence of God all day long. He was doing dishes, did it for Jesus. Fixing sandals, he did it for Jesus. And so um, that's, that's quantity time of faith that Brother Lawrence practiced. And I, if, you've ever, if you've never read Brother Lawrence's Practicing the Presence of God, it's a it's a short little thing. It's written in the 1600s or something like that or collected shortly thereafter, so it's not in modern English exactly, but it's pretty easy to read and I highly recommend it. Um, so go ahead, Mike. What were you going to say? Um, uh, it seems like we're spending most of our time focusing on that second circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, when you're not home, um, right. Yes. And, and that's going to be the struggle for, for Jews for centuries. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it would be interesting to hit that one again and ask, ask ourselves how much we talk to each other yeah. about God while we're out to encourage ourselves to remain faithful to what we feel we're supposed to be faithful to. Yeah. As opposed to how much do we talk to the guy at the water cooler. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but the, the kind of yeah. the goofy straw man that we often think of when we talk about 
Sure. Right, right. Yeah, excellent point. So, um, A, we're maybe focusing a little bit too much on that second pie chart, which is talk about it when you're away. And B, even in the context, even the talking about it away, contextually in this passage, was probably more about talking not so much to people outside the faith, but to people within the faith to remind us who we are. I love how you said that. Very pastoral. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah. Uh, yeah, really, really good. So what if we revisited things and, and started thinking about, about it that way more? Um, man, there's so many people who want to share. It's awesome. Uh, did you still have something that you wanted to say, Iggy? Just real quick when it occurred to me, I hadn't thought of my, my posting on Facebook when I was thinking about this. I wasn't thinking about when I interact with people in person. But on Facebook, you know, Sure. Yeah, yeah. Facebook is a is I mean, it's the digital water cooler for people who aren't even in the same office. I mean, that's that is one way to do it. Um, absolutely, I think it's a legitimate way to do it. It's not the only way, but it is a legitimate way. So I'm gonna I, I have to bring us in. So I'm gonna let Ben be the last one before Chris comes up, and then we've we've just got to stop. So thank you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. I think that's probably why Moses instructed the Israelites to do it. If there's visual reminders all around you of who you are, uh, who we are, and what your faith is, then it's going to help you with the other areas. You know, um, I just had an idea. Maybe we should all set the lock screens to our phones to say put down the frigging phone, you know. <laughs> uh, or maybe if you don't like that language, you could just make it say, like, maybe pray instead or something like that. So you get in bed and you're like, all right, I'll check Facebook one more time. And uh, no, I guess I shouldn't. Um, but that, I mean, that's, that's a modern-day doorpost, like it or not, right? A lot of us see those lock screens a hundred times a day. Um, uh, so thank you. So um, I'm going to invite Chris to come up because Chris emailed this week with a great idea for how we maybe can uh, engage with, with at least one part of this. And so um, I didn't leave you much time, but maybe share briefly about this concept and, and it's something that I think we can all kind of participate in. Working. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Adjust it. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, so to build off of the theme of relationships and faith at home, and maybe expand the green area on the first pie chart there. Um, I was thinking that we could, as a community, um, have this practice where we choose a text um, for our families, one that kind of like captures um, something that's meaningful for you, um, and then spend a few weeks meditating on it. You know, that could be um, praying about it together or uh, memorizing it together or just, you know, casually talking about that specific text and what it means to you. And then in a few weeks we can, um, we haven't talked about this yet, but maybe share what some of your experiences um, were like with that. So so how to choose, I I think it'd be good to talk a little bit about how to choose like a good biblical text 
because um, I think for some of the some of us it'll be really easy. You know, we'll, something will come right to mind, and then for other others of us it'll be kind of difficult. Um, so there's really two ways you could go about doing this. You could um, choose a text that directly relates to your family dynamic or your relationships. Um, or you could choose a text that directly relates to something theological, something about God, right? So you could choose something like John 1, um, where it says, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Um, that whole prologue there is, is a really good um, text. And then, Or you could pick something like um, Solomon 2.10, or Song of Songs 2.10, um, which says, like, Arise, my, my beloved... Um, you know, the winter has gone and spring has come. You know, that could be applicable to your relationship if you, say, have gone through a hard time. Um, so, I mean, if you wanted to focus on relationships, think something that you would maybe have at a wedding. If you wanted to focus um, on God, think something like that, that just, that you find very meaningful. Um, or if you get totally stuck, you could always go with Google. You know, if you Google something um, about God or some you know, it, it's, Google's just a great resource. Uh, so over the next couple weeks, we won't be able to talk about this next week because we're going to be at Baber Church. Um, but over the next couple weeks, if we could, um, as, you know, households, um, if you have a family, focus on, uh, a, find a text and focus on that. Or if, say, you're single, you can find a friend or do it, you know, privately. Um, or if you have a significant other, maybe you don't live in the same household, you know, that could be that person that you uh, pick a text and focus on for the next couple of weeks. And if you have any questions afterwards, um, feel free to ask either myself or Scott. Yeah. So I think this is a great idea. Um, this is, you know, uh, memorizing scripture is something that we did a little bit last year. We kind of got away from it. I think we should do more of it. Um, to have those words imprinted in your, in your mind is very significant and it can be very helpful. So if you need help choosing a text... If none of those that Chris just mentioned kind of rings your bell, you know, we can help you choose a text. And perhaps you'd like to use the one that I'm about to read to you as we close today. This is, um, in some ways, the New Testament version of what Moses said to the people uh, in the Shema Yisrael moment. Um, this is Colossians three twelve through 17. And uh, it's essentially just kind of instructions for how to be Christians in some ways. Um, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. And here, verses 16 and 17 are the, the really rich statements that I want us to think about here. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is the Brother Lawrence thing all over again. And uh, I may give a whole sermon about this next time we're together. You never know. But 
If I don't, I want you to hear it today. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. This doesn't, it doesn't matter what your job is. It doesn't matter if you're a professional Christian or a professional plumber or you know, a doctor or unemployed or a roommate or a brother or a mom or a grandpa. Whoever you are and whatever you do, every moment of your life can and should be dedicated to the Lord Jesus. And if you think about that, as you go about your day, it seems utterly ridiculous. I'm driving the car for Jesus, parking the car for Jesus, going to Walmart for, no, I can't go there. <laughs> you know, what, I mean, do you see how it's, at some point it might make something trigger in you? No, of course, Walmart's fine. Sure, they're not really, but whatever. You know, um, it's not what the sermon's about. Whatever you do in word or deed, whatever you say, whatever actions you take, if you dedicate them and do them in the name of Jesus, it will make a difference for how you live your faith at home, okay? Amen. Let's pray. (laughs) God, we thank you for the opportunity to be together, the ways that community um, uh, affects us, the way that uh, iron sharpens iron, that one person's faith uh, can can sharpen another person's faith. And as we we kind of um, come together... Just, just the, the fact that we uh, try to live this and figure it out in a group makes a huge difference for us. We're so grateful for the community that you have built here at Artisan. Um, and we pray, uh, Lord, that as we leave this place today and live our lives at home and elsewhere, that we would be reminded by your Spirit to do everything uh, in your name, Lord Jesus. Um, be with us next week as we visit with our friends at Baber. And uh, as we continue to think about living our faith beyond our walls for the rest of this year, um, we want to be guided by your spirit and challenged by it to, uh, to do better and to do more, but ultimately to remember that it's not about how good we do, it's about the good that you've already done for us. Help us to trust in that uh, as well. We give you thanks. We pray in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So let's continue to worship in song. Our communion table is open. Uh, The prayer team will be here. If you'd like to receive prayer personally, you can come and receive prayer. Um, Our table is open for all who are following Jesus in this place. It doesn't matter if you're a member here or whatever. Um, You can break off a piece of this this unleavened bread and dip it in the wine or the juice and receive the body and blood of Christ as part of being in community together. It's part of receiving God's grace. Um, So let's continue to worship him together this morning. And thank you for all that you're wonderful sharing. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.